by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. Hello, I'm Glynis Crook. Almost 200 of Africa's most spectacular heritage sites, both natural and cultural, are in danger because of rising sea levels. That's according to a recent study published in the journal Nature Climate Change, which found that they face a severe risk of flooding and erosion over the next 30 years. Scientists mapped out 284 heritage sites recognized or under consideration by UNESCO's World Heritage Center and the Ramsar Convention on Wetlands of International Importance. Well, I'm joined now by one of its authors, Dr. Nicholas Simpson, who's a postdoctoral research fellow at the Africa Climate and Development Initiative at the University of Cape Town. Nick, let's start first by asking you what exactly are the risks they face? Morning, Glynis. Yeah, uh, so these sites will likely face inundation from flooding from extreme sea levels as well as the effect of coastal erosion where the sites are based on sandy coast. So one of them I saw, for example, was something like the Kunta Kinte Island in the Gambia, which is basically in the middle of a river and is a very small little island, but it's an important historical site in the West Africa slave trade. Correct. Yeah, Kunta Kinte is a, an iconic cultural site on the African coast, and it represents both an important but also painful heritage for Africa, uh, which of the island uh, is likely to be exposed by the end of the century. Um, And at that level of exposure, the storm surges involved flooding uh, would likely do significant damages, if not loss, to the architectural structure of that heritage. I took a look at it on Google Maps, and effectively it does look very, very exposed. But we're talking about 39 countries that make up the coastline of Africa. I imagine there are a lot in North Africa in terms of the cultural ones. I'm thinking Roman ruins, ancient Egyptian and Phoenician sites. Yes. Actually, according to the World Heritage List, North Africa's got a lot of sites, and they have been the attention of archaeological and climate risk studies uh, for a long time. For example, the site of Sibrasa, which is a stunning uh, ruin, and Tipasa as well, uh, an ancient Punic and Roman trading post, um, which is likely to be affected. But across the African coastline, it's not just Egyptian, Phoenician, Roman heritage, which is linked to the Mediterranean history, but we have a much broader heritage, including biocultural and ecological heritage sites that are also likely to be affected. And I think there are quite a few of those that are a lot closer to home, the DRC, Namibia, Mozambique, but also here in South Africa. Yeah, so in South Africa, we assessed 18 natural sites and two cultural sites. I mean, one of them would be the iconic Isimangaliso wetlands on the east coast of South Africa, which is going to be significantly affected by rising seas. And we don't know 
how resilient that ecology will be to the changes in both sea level rise, but also changes in chemistry. So there'll be a change in the salinity of the ecosystem, uh, which the local species would need to adapt to as sea levels rise, yeah. We're running out of time, unfortunately, but I just wanted to ask, this is the first assessment of its kind for the African continent. Why is it so important? Well, it's, it's incredibly important because heritage is fundamental to our identity, our legacy that we want to leave to our children. And climate change presents an existential threat to the heritage that, that we get to enjoy currently and which we want our children and our children's children to also enjoy and remember um, the good and the bad of our heritage. So is there anything at this point in time that can still be done to save them? Lots can be done. So a reduction, a sharp reduction in greenhouse gas emissions can immediately save more than 20% of the sites that we've projected to be at risk on the African coast. So that's on the climate change mitigation side. But for climate change adaptation, we can also work to monitor sites better, uh, do vulnerability studies, work with the local ecological infrastructure of sites. So, for example, restoring mangroves um, and restoring natural environmental infrastructure around the sites. So not just building huge walls, uh, but working with nature to improve the protections and the adaptation of the sites. Well, it's good to know that there is still hope. Thanks to UCT's Dr. Nicholas Simpson, who's one of the authors of the study. And that's it for this week. Till next week from Meaglin's Crook. Take care and goodbye. Being Green was brought to you by Galinda Moser of Remax Living. Ask not what your community can do for you. Ask what you can do for your community. At Remax Living Real Estate, our ethos is built on giving back. From sponsoring music broadcasts to FMR's Being Green, our focus is on making your world more harmonious and our planet more sustainable. So when it comes to choosing a real estate partner, don't go for anything less than people who are maximum givers. Galinda Moser from Remax Living Real Estate. FMR.